The Yishai Fleischer Show is brought to you by The Israel Bible. Not like The Israel Bible as in just like The Bible, the specific edition called The Israel Bible, and it is a beautiful edition with Koran font. It's edited by my friend and one of my mentors, Rabbi Tuli Weiss. The special thing about it is that along with being beautiful, along with the great Hebrew font and great English translation, it's got also a commentary of important thinkers of our time and previous generations as well, focused specifically on the connection of the Bible to the land of Israel. And it's in English, this commentary. So it's a wonderful addition to your home, to your synagogue, to your church, to your madrasa, whatever you want. And it's not hard to find. It's theisraelbible.com. Absolutely a must in your life. And I'm proud that the Yishai Fleischer Show is sponsored by the Israel Bible. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it. Wherever you are, shalom, and welcome to our living room, Malka. Yes. Malka Fleischer joins us. Thank you, Malka. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, too. So great to have you on the show today. Well, it's great to be on the show. The, the people of Israel are going through wild and woolly times still, and that's okay, but I want to give a little uh, Land of Israel weather update. And say that for all of you who uh, pray during the winter months for rain in the land of Israel, you should know that the God of Israel must be hearing your prayers because we are have all kinds of great rain coming in the forecast. We're supposed to have rain over Shabbat, which is considered the best kind of rain. Did you know that? That's right, sure. Shabbat rain is considered the best rain. Yep. So we're supposed to have rain on Shabbat. And we're supposed to have rain all week long next week. Right. So that's really nice. And it's a beautiful time of year here in Israel. Now, now, rain, Malka, has has a few different uh, positive attributes. One is that it's av- obviously water to drink, right? The right. plants and need it makes to drink, our, makes our <clears throat> plants grow, right? And it and it waters the earth, right? And makes little little bugs are happy, and everything is 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 alive. Keeps because, running, keeps running because the world needs water. Fine, but there's another aspect of it is that it's cleansing. Cleans the car. Cleans the car. Don't have to take the car. In. Cleans the leaves. They become better, the shinier. Yeah, and they, you know, better catchers of sun. Yeah. Uh, there's a scientific term for that, but but I'm going to use the rain washing the leaves. No, I'm going to say catchers of sun. I think. Oh, was, uh, photosynthesizing. Yeah, yeah, photosynthesizing. That's right. I want to thank all my high school <laughs> science teachers. Yeah. Teachers. When I was a, speaking of synthesizing, when I was a kid, I had a little synthesizer, a little Casio synthesizer. Wait, what is a synthesizer? It, it, is that like a little, a little piano? piano? Yeah. 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 And, and 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 the best part about it was the songs that it played by itself because I yeah. I didn't master any songs at Would all. Would you do the <clears> thing <throat> that everyone on the planet, whoever had a synthesizer, does and like pretend that you're playing the song and make like really intense faces that like like you're a really good piano player? I'm just saying that it was there was surprisingly cool technology in the '80s. It was a small piano, it was like this big, like like a foot and a half, and little, this little, and it was just it was spot on awesome. The thing I miss the most from the '80s, aside from stirrup pants. Do you remember stirrup pants? No, I don't even know what that means. They're stretchy pants, but they have a um, a gummy, what's it called, an elastic on the bottom. So you put your foot through the pant and it and it the gummy is like, the, the elastic is on the bottom of your foot to hold your pants down. That's amazing. That is incredible. So aside from, it was great. So aside from that, what I really miss is my alarm clock. I had the world's best 
alarm clock yeah. for multiple reasons. Reason number one is that it had the world's most sensitive snooze button. You just graze it. Just just a smooch. Just just tap it. Okay? Little. And just smooth that and then, oh snooze. And it was set for nine minutes, which in my opinion is the perfect amount yeah. of snooze time. Yeah. Ten minutes is too much. But you can't do anything in five minutes. How much snoozing can you really do? No. None. It just makes you nervous. Nine minutes is perfect. Yeah. The other thing that was great about my alarm clock is that it had three settings you could set it to. One was buzz or beep or whatever, which I don't even know which one it was because that I just never, ever, ever used that. The other, uh, the next option was radio. Right. And you could set it to your favorite radio station like in Groundhog Day. Right. Or number three, you could set it to tape deck. So you, you'd key up or whatever the word is, your, your tape. To wherever, what song you're, you know, Paula Abdul or whatever you're getting ready to listen to in the morning. She's Jewish. Or um, who else did I listen to? A tad of Michael Jackson, the Thriller tape. I remember my parents bought me the Thriller tape. That was my first tape that I was ever bought. Okay. I was not raised religious in case that is not evident to you. That's right. Um, and then you could just like start the day with the, like a song that you're going to like. Right. I use tape a lot. That's right. Tape was beautiful. Tape was beautiful. And yeah, there were great technologies. I remember when I was living in Israel as a kid, my parents would go to these congresses for chemists. Yes, chemical congresses. Yeah. They went to like Thailand and India, all kinds of places. And they would bring back small Nintendo handheld video games, you know, like Donkey Kong or like these like little engines. Mike Tyson knockout? No, it was before that. The little engines that would burn down the little cowboys. Oh. like tower and mm-hmm. the cowboy would bop him on the head. It was not. It was not politically <laughs> not correct, and it could be not it, woke. It may have affected my political thinking to this day. But the point is, is that um, is that th- those were a lot of fun. But back to the rain. Why? Why did I say uh, the? Because we went from rain. How do we go from oh to photosynthesis to synthesizer yeah. to eighties uh, technologies? Right, right, right. But back to rain for a second. Rain is also a cleanser. Why do I say this? Because dang it, Lord. <laughs> can you use some washing up in here because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff we're like Yusha and I were getting ready for the show we're like oh, we're not gonna talk about that no that's not what oh, happened that? I was we're like gonna... we're getting ready for the show I'm like oh I'm not ready yet I, I can't talk positively about this like I because I because I, I do think that one of the missions of the show in, in general and, and a life mission is not just to you know sp- you know like talk about things in with rose colored glasses but yes to um, promote positivity and excitement about Israel and, and a general godly positive attitude about life. And right. I think that's the Hasidic way and I, I think that's the Jewish Whatever. way. Yeah, it's, and it's just a good human way. You don't have to be Jewish to understand that life is not so easy sometimes and if you look at it in a glass half full way, it's yeah. better. Yeah. However, however, it will take a feat <laughs> <laughs> of... of uh, of uh, of mental acrobatics to see some of the stuff positively, but we'll do it. We'll do it the best way we can. Okay. So first we have this um, um, Israel famous author. Oh. He, he, he's a he. He was kind of not only was he famous. He was he was a children's books writer, but incredibly incredibly prolific. And my daughter said to me, "It's like when he would come out with a series, it would be like six, 
10 books on, on any topic. He wrote over 80 books. Right. He His was, name is Chaim Valder. Right, I was getting, I was getting to Sorry. that. And this Chaim Valder uh, uh, was was renowned. Like Everybody knew him. He also wrote for, for Haredi newspapers, for ultra-Orthodox newspapers. Anyway, at some point it started coming out that there and was- And he opened a counseling center. Right. And it, for and children. For children. And yet it seems that the accusations are, in any case- that uh, that counseling center was was a way in which uh, he would actually abuse children, uh, and there came forward some twenty two uh, young people, boys and girls, and well, not just children, people, people, yeah, people who were children, uh, yeah, but or are, not only. I'm saying there were also issues possibly involving other people's spouses. Anyway, accusations. It's such a mess. It's so hard to talk about. Accusations started flying, and uh, and then other rabbis got involved. And abating, and 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 um, and it started coming out into the secular news. And basically, what happened was that at the at the it's not the end yet. But what happened is is that Chaim Valder went to the tomb of his son, who had died from cancer previously, right, just a few years ago. And he killed himself. Uh, I think I think shooting himself. Yes, terrible. Uh, and then and that, but the story has far from finished. That was already enough of a big shock. Right, like that's bad enough that here's a big, uh, uh, you know, author and a, and a leader in the in the ultra orthodox world. He wasn't just a, a leader, Ishai. Yeah. He was the the a he voice. Was in the eyes of every person's child, every right. religious person, right, has books by Chaim Valder, including I don't think, us, of course, right. And uh, I can't imagine a religious family in Israel with children over the age of five who don't have Chaim Valder books in their right. house. And yet, and yet, the saga is far from over. Why? Because how to understand this? Uh, first is like, you know, the question of is he even guilty? Well, there is some very serious proofs, ostensibly said by a very reputable rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel Eliyahu. But on the other hand, there's a whole segment now which is accusing Shmuel Eliyahu and all the people who uh, he left a. This is this is terrible to talk about, but he left a suicide note. Insisting his innocence, right, and that he was, and, and that and that he was being framed, and, and uh, that and that he, and that pursued. he was judged before his before he should have been. He wasn't actually taken to court ever, and that and that like every like his blood is on other people's hands because his whole life was taken away from him. Right. So what you just said now is exactly what I was gonna kind of and thank you for 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 kind of using that language because the other side of the language is he's not going to heaven. He will never see heaven. Why do I say that? It's because the the death of the man is far from the end of it. The legacy now is the battle, and and we're, we're talking instant legacy. Which right. Is what, what, I think what you mean to say is once he was buried, it, you know, in some stories it could be wow that was terrible, and then he's buried and it's kind of like wow that was sad, but it's not. There is a flaming battle going on here in Israel. Uh. Between two, between several principles. Right. Right. So one principle is this man did monstrous things. And therefore, A, we should talk about that. And B, his books should be taken off shelves and thrown out. Or burned. People are talking about really just getting rid of them. Right. And, and, And I... There's a part of me that a part of me in my way of thinking which actually understands that. I say it's hard for me to believe that something that was that was written about holiness 
that was touched with such deep unholiness could really be holy. There's something. There's something. Uh, nagua. That's the Hebrew word. Um, uh, uh, so, something, something tainted about it. Tainted. That's the exact word. Tainted. That's right. I, I can understand that, and and I know inside myself that's not the liberal position, but it's just something of. It's, well, there's something fun. There's something profoundly like Jewishly conservative about it. Right. Like but, you, you something is is trafe and you just get you get get rid of it. Like, right. But we're not talking about keep your minds. Open we're not talking it. about if if this guy also had a gambling problem. You know what I mean? It's like found out that he was just an insane gambler. No, 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 no. We're talking about books written about children and holiness. And then he was hurting children. Right. So, so therefore, so therefore, that's that's within that. Right. Ostensibly, that's right. So that's one. Right. And issue. then there's the camp that says, "Look, there's all these cases. Like 22 people came forward. They're like the man's guilty. So all these people came forward. He threatened to kill himself to silence them to make them feel bad. Then he went ahead and killed himself. But then there's the other side. And the other side is innocent until proven guilty. And and and. Uh, uh, and and the that principle, if you're listening, let's say in America, is kind of simple. But here in in Israel, it happens that people are put and made guilty, like our prime minister, etc. Well, what does made guilty the, the, mean? The, what the, it, means it means it means is that the, the news media catches a whiff of something, right? And foof, it's a huge wildfire. And then Jews are Jews, or people are people, and they talk. Right? right, and people are talking about it, and then of course, big organizations with money and reputation behind them, they have to take a side, right? Because you can't not take a side because everything is in the public eye, and everything can be in the public eye. And if you come out against, then it will be in the news. And if you come out for, it will be in the news. And if you don't come out at all, it will be in the news. They'll write, "Oh, well, this organization they didn't say anything. What does that mean?" So everyone feels pressure to take part in the. Dune, what's the the judgment? The debate, the debate. The debate yeah. Uh, before but, the debate is completed but, by the authorities. But let us also speak out the 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 lengths to which the other side is taking it, which is to say that Chaim Valder was murdered. Right. <clears throat> so there are some people who say, "Look, Chaim Valder, he made a narcissistic decision to off himself." rather than face the fire and he was a bad man who did bad things and he finished his life in a bad way. And then there are other people who say no, he was he was driven mad by by horrible accusations and he was he his life was made a living hell and all, everything he worked for his whole life was uh, stripped from him and and he was told that it was all pagua, it was all um you know decrepit and 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 evil and he lost lost his life force basically and he right. it w- like he killed himself out of sheer you know torturous sorrow right and that and the, now the legacy about how to teach the children about the situation right that's the is, next is, thing is a hot debate about. which is like do you t- teach the children for god's sakes be so careful and, and like rabbi eisenman from Passaic, new jersey who's a, a a friend's father and a great leader there and he has been on the forefront of of defense of children from sexual predators for the last thirty for years of his career. For as long as we've known his, right. his children, and he's like, and he's like, you see, this is what happens, and this is how dangerous this stuff is, and you have to teach your children about it, and right, and uh, throw out the books, and throw out that's the books, throw out the books. That, so that's him. And then there's the other side, which is lashon hara, 
and 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 which and, is which is like gossip, gossip, gossip and, and, and talk and chattering about things that are not uh, your business, and slandering people and all that, and 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 this was a holy man, and and we don't exactly know, and 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 he now dedicated he dedicated his whole life to public service, and and I heard something, and we have a we have he a won cha- an award in Israel, by the way, it's called Magen Hayeled, right, the defender of children, yeah, and and uh, um, we have we have a friend who told us that. In the in some ultra orthodox schools, the teachers are being told to say he was murdered by by the slander. And this is and what then, happens when you say when right. you say gossip. And then kids are like screaming out in class, being like, "No, he was hurting children, and that's what was going on here." And that and the whistle was blown, and that's what happened here. And then and then through through uh, you know, as you said, narcissism, he he you know he killed himself, but. But he was hurting other people, and then and then and then we have and then we have like the God talk, which is like Rav Shmuel Eliyahu said, this guy's not even going to heaven because he said that's I was going to say before. There's like a battle in heaven also because or about heaven anyway because in the suicide note he says, you know, I'll, I'll meet you in the Beit Din Shomala. We'll 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 duke it out there. I'm calling you to judgment of in the heavenly court, and then and then other people saying you're not even going to make it to the heavenly court, and it's just like wow, it's it's like. It's so intense. It's so intense, but the thing is, the thing is, like, it's intense. You and I, we're not part of that world, well, only peripherally. We're not part of the Haredi world. That's what I mean. I'm like, but we are part of the Jewish world, and y- the Jewish yeah. world is talking about it. But which but is wh- why we're talking about it on the show. What I, what I, what, what hurts me about this whole thing is something in my sphere, which is, I think about American Jews thinking about you know wanting to make aliyah i think about gentiles looking at the jewish people and thinking are these the chosen people i think about children deciding whether they want to go in the pathway of god in the pathway right, of Torah. right and where is that right and i just when 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 and so i say i go back to the rain i say shem we need some <laughs> we need some Cleanse rain us, here right we, we will need, be cleansed right <laughs> right it's not it's not i'm not i'm not even talking like the the actual issue of it is is much less important to me because I, I don't live inside of it than the impact on how and I think about the secular Tel Aviv Jew being like, what the heck? Because one way or the other, it's dirty. It doesn't matter how you well, how you slice it's it. It's a terrible. It's terrible. Right. And so therefore, and so therefore, the, the but the terribleness, the, no matter what side you come in on the argument is from the third party that looks at it and says, I'm looking, I feel like, I feel right now in my heart the secular Tel Aviv Israeli Jew who's like, well, I've been thinking a little bit about, you know, tefillin and, and, and going towards Judaism and this kind of stuff, but like, heck, you know, these guys are... There's, there's a word for it, all of you. It's called Chilul Hashem. Chilul Hashem. <laughs> it's called Chilul Hashem. <laughs> oh, man. It's when God's stuff is made to look bad. Yes, God's stuff is made to look bad. And that's me. a real shame. You know, Sivan Rachav Meir, who's a big, like, rock star, lady, Jewish, Orthodox, Haredi commentator. I think she's Chabad. She's not Chabad. No, she's always quoting the Rebbe. Yeah, always she, quoting the Rebbe. Chabad. And, and like, Rav Shneur Zalman of Liadi. I don't know. She's definitely informed by it. Anyway, the yeah. point is that she's a religious Jewish woman, and she's, like, on the news, she, and no, she runs... First and foremost, she's a journalist. She's, she's a, she, she's I'm a, saying she's a journalist, right. and she is a Torah teacher, and she was on Shlichut in America, um, in a Jewish community. I can't remember where. I think Chicago, maybe. I can't remember where she was. Anyway, she does this really nice um, daily, like, short Torah thought WhatsApp, which is where I want to give a shout-out to New Technology. I know... You know, we're always worried about where new technology is taking us. And sometimes I really feel like we should leave it rather than take it and just go back to a simpler life. 
but this is a good moment for technology. Um, Sivan Rachav Meir puts out a Torah thought every day. And she was like, she was talking about what should you like teach your children about? There is so much discussion now because this is such a, uh, this matter is so closely related to children now because this author was an author for children primarily. So she says, you know, one of the things that you really have to remind children are two things. One is that we're all in a battle with our Yetzer. With our Yetzer. We are all fighting our own fights internally. And we like we you have to win, right? Like you can't if you're like, oh well, I was fighting my battle, so I like abused a bunch of people, that's not a good excuse. But just know that we are all like fighting everyone's fighting their demons inside um and that it's our mitzvah on this planet to like battle those demons and and win she said another thing also which is not such a like a a, an original thought but but how is that an answer to my question which is that which is that well i'm telling you it's not yet is that when you look at the world the world is still mostly good when you look at stuff like this right you can easily, like, it would not take a very slippery slope to be like, the Jewish world is messed up, Jews are messed up, the Torah is messed up, there is no God. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could, a person could go down that path. But you have to look around also and realize that the world is good and that people are good and that most people are good. Right. Absolutely. I think and about that, I think about that, that all that the time. That doesn't mean we're perfect, but we are good. And that yeah. doesn't mean that this author was good. Right. It also doesn't necessarily mean that he was entirely, entirely bad, but that's like a whole other conversation. But even if he was bad, even if he was entirely bad, that doesn't mean that the guy sitting next to him is entirely bad right. or even bad at all. Maybe he's good and that we have to still look at the world and look at our neighbors and understand that for every one of these like monsters are a thousand people who are not monsters. Yeah, you're totally right. But there's there's a but there, and the but is, is something I learned in my life personally. I call it the parable of the flag, and I've talked about this on the show before. And for me, the parable of the flag is not just a parable that I made up in my mind. It's something that I learned along the way of dealing with physical flags. And I learned that a flag, when you want to raise some money and put up a flag of Israel somewhere, it's beautiful. And you're like, you get a pole and you get the dudes, you get the flag and they put the flag up and the flag's flapping and you just made a Kiddush Hashem because you put a flag at the top of a place. Right. But I learned through my personal uh, uh, involvement in this activity that while that's all true, the flag starts to rip within, within three months, usually three, four months. And if you don't deal with that flag, that same flag that was a beautiful flapping symbol of your thing now becomes torn. And the minute the flag is torn, it starts to actually be a chil Hashem. It starts to look, not only is it, is, it, is it not nice, it is a lot less nice than if there was no flag altogether. A torn flag is a message in itself, which is like that there's something corrupt and wrong here. And so therefore, if you're going to put up a flag, you have to have a lot of upkeep on that. You got to be ready for that upkeep for the for the long haul. That's the truth of it. And so when you're out there writing books and you're being, you know, a great and important leader, you're you're in the limelight, and and that's the way it is. Like, yeah, sure, Sivan Rahav Mir is right. You know, there's a lot of good people, but the flag 
is torn and it is disgusting and it and everybody can see it and instead of a so I always tell people if you're going up forward I tell them if you're going to be a candidate for Kiddush Hashem just know that you're one step away from Chilul Hashem and so be very very cautious and right, not know that so careful and, and, that, we all and have that, to hold ourselves very tight and, and not think you know yesh din yesh dayan there is judgment and there is a judge with a capital J and you have to remember that Hashem is watching and that other people are watching too right. And so, and so right now, however you slice it, and no matter which way you like try to look away and look at the neighbor who's a nice person, right now, our beloved Jewish people, Judaism and Israel has been sullied by this whole Yes, story. we took a hit. That's right. That's one. Two. So Hashem, please bring us the rain. But the hits just keep on coming, don't they now? Because... <laughs> Because our 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 yeah in the in the in the non-religious world it's well, so much better yeah Oops, right. not all the way our our beloved uh, uh, government uh, has now taken yet further steps it's taken clear steps look right from the get go we knew this was a, a left leaning government so a lot of people were like no but there's these right wingers they'll yeah, bounce them totally out Bennett. but we knew people who understand things understand what this is and and yesterday Abu Mazen. Uh, and I want to remind people who Abu Mazen is. He's the he's Mahmoud the Abbas. Mahmoud Abbas. He's the aged uh, 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 president of of, of PA dictator, the, the PA, the Palestinian Authority. He's also a a billionaire because he's kept the coffers of of, of millions and millions of dollars, like his predecessor, like his Yasser predecessor. Arafat. He's also uh, the guy who got a degree in in Holocaust denial from Moscow University, and he's the guy who's the financier. Uh, of the 1972 Munich, Munich massacre. massacre, and he's a he's a dude that has that has w- with his own orders sent many Jews uh, to horrible deaths, and and he continues to be treated very nicely. And yesterday, our defense minister Benny Gantz uh, welcomed into his home. This is an evil Jewish murderer. He talked about how to get money back into the hands of the PA, how to get their people into uh, Israel easier, how to make houses. Uh, this is the guy in charge theft. of Israel's defense. Right. Can we just say that one more time? Right. Exactly. And this in, is the guy who's in charge of our defending us. Right. But in his mind, the way to defend us, and and I heard this also from uh, from from another minister in this government, Nachman Shai, the way to defend us is by making more Palestine, make more it's Palestine. Just, it's just it's just boggles the mind. So here are some of the things that they agreed to, seemingly. Now, okay, here let's let's look at the list. One. Israel will provide the PA with a 100 million shekel loan, 32.2 million shekels, on tax revenues Israel collects on Ramallah's behalf to help the PA with a spiraling deficit. Now, I don't know why Abu Mazen doesn't just give some of the money that the international community gave to the Palestinian Authority back to the Palestinian Authority so they can deal with that, but fine. Next. Israel will legalize the status of 9,500 undocumented people, some of them who call themselves Palestinians living in the West Bank and Gaza, and some of them foreigners, like brides brought in from other countries to marry them, and then they get uh, Palestinian documents. So almost 10,000 people will get official status. Next. Dozens of senior Palestinian officials will receive prized VIP permits that allow them to freely cross through Israeli checkpoints, them and probably everyone in their car and everything that's in their car. 
Um, Another 1,100 senior Palestinian businessmen will receive commercial passes. So much more porous, like this border that they want to say that they're erecting between Israel and Palestine Uh, will become much more porous. uh, Wait, wait. That's actually a good thing. That's actually a good thing. Why? I want Palestinian businessmen to to have more freedom of of movement. If they're not terrorists and they just want to... How do you know that they're not terrorists? I'm saying they should be checked, of course, but, but generally speaking... Like to break down some of these borders. That's what a good thing. What does that thing. mean? Checked, by the way. The 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 senior Palestinian officials. They're going to be checked. You feel you feel you would you would let them go with eyes closed back and forth across those those guys. Israel. The Palestinian Authority is a corrupt thuggish regime. Okay, and I don't and anti-Israel to the core. But Palestinian businessmen, many of them are not. Okay, many of them want actually normalization and, and normal life. And so, and so, I actually would like to see less of a border. I'd like to see the border become more porous. All right, in that fair sense. enough. Okay, next. According to another Israeli f- official, Gantz told Abbas that a series of economic measures are being weighed, including lowering fees for purchasing fuel and a pilot program to allow shipping containers to enter Judea and Samaria from Jordan via the Allenby Bridge. And last but not least, Ishai, probably your favorite of all, Gantz and Abbas, in their Tuesday meeting, also discussed legalizing more Palestinian construction in Judea and Samaria, right. making it legal. Right. While, while no, a, in area Jewish- C, in area C, in the in the area that under the Oslo Accords was supposed to be kind of for the Jewish people. Right. Now that's we're going to legalize it for them. That's right. right. Which is so effectively say it's an erosion of the small amount of land that giving we have them, left. Giving it to them, not erosion, right. handing right. it to them. Right. So handing so, it to them and allow, allowing to build on it. So while while a Jew a couple of little Jewish shacks in Chomesh constitute a major threat to peace, right, that has to be dealt with on like the day after a beautiful one of the like a, just a just a like a one moment of Jewish unity where Jewish people hundreds and thousands of Jewish people went up to Chomesh in the rain to show support for that poor beleaguered community after it had somebody just murdered in the on his doorstep uh, a father of a young baby just murdered coming out of his classroom because that is bad for the world is to have those shacks up there but what's good for the world is for an arch terrorist to sit in the actual living room of our actual defense minister and be given like christmas presents basically is just it's a, it's a little, it's a little demoralizing for those of us, or I don't know about demoralizing because I don't really feel exactly demoralized, but I think that I feel more enraged, disgusted, um, so desirous of this administration to pass us by and for a new, better administration to come through. But you know, Ishai, as we're talking about all this stuff, as we're talking about all this stuff, uh, I just... You know, I just, I, I want the Jewish people to get to a place where we like merit a little bit more of good times also. I don't want to overly judge us because like That's Sivan why I'm asking for the rain. What saying is yeah. that like there are so many good people and there are so many good things happening and beautiful Jewish babies are being born. And, you know, uh, I just saw this, the cutest um, katava, what's it, like a, a feature story. It started in the, like a, in the, I think the last Gaza war, but I start, saw this cutest story where they have this like, cadre of like jewish grandmas and they go around to idf bases and they cook food 
They like they'll come once a week to wow. an IDF base, and the IDF like is like, "What do I need to buy?" And they like buy the stuff for the grandmas to make their like whatever they decided wow. that they're gonna make, and they like cook home food for IDF soldiers nice. on bases, and the IDF soldiers just love it, and they're just like the cutest ever ever that sounds ever, amazing ever grandmas. Wow, that sounds like the GDF. You know, so this is like this Grandma is Am Israel. That's right. Like, this is Am Israel. This yes. is the nation of Israel. Yes, but you, you know, see? so sweet. But at the same time, like our news is full of dreck. And um, and I'm tired of it, and I think oh, we should all be tired of it. And part of the problem is that we have all this gross stuff to cover, and so they cover it. The other part no, of the story, no, of course, the is that flat, they're constantly no. wanting to cover like the garbagiest, worst, yuckiest stuff. I'm sorry. I wish I could agree with you at this time. I really do. I wish I could. I would love to blame the media, but I just think that actually, well, it's us. I'm saying that's the that's the first part. The first part is that we're not doing so hot and we need to be doing much better. And it's really embarrassing. And it's hard to be coming on the radio right now with you guys and coming on a podcast and talking to you about this stuff. It's it's hard to look you guys in the eyes and talk about the beautiful flourishing land of Israel and our great destiny when we're like screwing it up so badly. And yet we have to like pick up and and continue on and realize that it's it's our job to do our best. And if we can drop really fast, maybe we can rise really fast. And and let's just hope we do that. Yeah, but you know how it is. Like a really white piece of clothing looks great, but one little stain... You know, Ishai, if you're looking at a, at the Jewish people like a white piece of clothing, then I don't even know because like the Jewish people have been <clears> up and down, and really one of my great my greatest solaces in moments like this when everything seems just a little nasty is the Tanakh. If you read through the Tanakh, it's full of mess. It's full of sins and killing and embarrassments, bad decisions. Um, you know, bad group think. And the God of Israel loves us anyway. And he, and we ha- also have beautiful shining moments and we have such an incredible potential and we are going to meet that potential and God promises us that we're right. going to get there. I think also another way to think about it is that as we say on Yom Kippur, it's like, it's not about, it's about the majority. It's about the majority of sins. Is it, is it 51% good or 51% bad? Yeah, but that's not that's not you know well, so glamorous. Well, it's not it's not a glamorous moment right now. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. It's not a glamorous moment. Uh, and 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 I always remember like all the incidences that we have out there in in America or other places where we see how much yearning people have for the real Eretz Israel, how much yearning they have for the Bible and for the characters of the Bible and for the God of the Bible. And and oftentimes I just feel like we we don't we're not providing that for them, but. But sometimes, 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 just that, that the way the way others look at you is 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 sometimes instructive. Sometimes it's not, but it's sometimes helpful to understand that we can be uh, that vision of of the people of the Bible. Uh, and right now, yeah, right now it's a, it's a, that's why I, that's why I started with the rain. I'm saying that we need the rain right now. We need a little bit of the rain, uh, and uh, and and yeah, that's that's what we need. We need to pray when we say pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That means pray for for this rain. Pray for the rain to to cleanse us, and and where the Jewish people are is also where where humanity is. It's, it has a reflection on all right. of humanity. Yeah, I, I would I would say that humanity also has a lot of soul searching. Right. There's 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 a lot of stuff going on. There's divisiveness and the whole Corona thing and everything. And 
this is just a lot a lot of uh it, the world is a, is in a funky mood right now and well, we all know, we all have to pray we all have to pray and and to act in our lives with a little bit right. more kindness we have a little to bit pray, more niceness and we have to do and we have to line ourselves up with a camp and you try your best right uh, and there are a lot of people who want to line up with the God camp. And this is a really a moment that I want to thank all, all of our listeners who listen to the show. The Yishai uh, Fleischer Israel podcast uh, attempts in our best way to be a, a show that shines light and brings Torah and brings fun and brings uh, a positive, although realistic perspective on what goes on in Israel and where Israel's headed. I want to give some shout outs to some people who've bought us coffee recently. Mm. We have a lot of great people. I want to say hi to Gabor and to Jeffrey and to Leslie and to Ali, to Gil and James and Steve and Krista. These are great people and these are all people who've just signed up for your newsletter, Ishai, and I want to uh, give you kudos for your wonderful newsletter. Yep. Um, that's, which that's... is informative and and like not overwhelming and only comes once a week and is full of like cool links and cool pictures. That's right. And it and it's made with myself and Moshe Herman. We, we, we knock it out every week. And, and the show goes out because of myself, Moshe, yourself, Malka Fleischer, Yocheved, Tabitha, Ben Bresky, and Lou. Okay, he helps us out, yes. especially when we're live. These are great people, and these are people, you know, this team is, this is like the, the God team, you know what I mean? And we're all on this team together. We and try. if you're we listening, try. I'm not saying that it's us, like, and we're tiny, and that there's, there's many, many people. There, there, there's a, a whole lot of us who want to do, who try hard to do what Hashem wants. You're working right now on renovating uh, the tomb of Ruth and Jesse Ishai. In Hebron, a famous ancient uh, location, uh, the burial place of the biblical Ruth. And I want to also, of course, give a shout out to Tomer and to Ori and to Adam and to Paul and to Doug, Partenia and Ben Sion and Barbara and Evgenia. I want to thank everybody. And, you know, we're all people and we're all fallible and we're all, we're, like I said before, we're all battling our demons and maybe some days we have good days and some days we have bad days. And if we're all that white piece of clothing or the white piece of paper, I'll tell you that I need some stain stick, okay? Like we all, we all could use, I'm sure we all have our stains on our white clothing, but that we want so badly to do good and we want to contribute to good and we want to be together in the effort to do good um, I know is very strengthening for me in that effort, and I hope it's strengthening for you, and I hope that this show is strengthening for you and makes you feel like you uh, can touch something that is um, positive and building for you. And pure. <laughs> pure and awesome. Okay. Uh, right, yeah, Maka. so I just really want to thank so many of you, and you know, we're heading now to the end of the year, um, and I know that people are giving their like last bits of charity for the year before the the financial year closes out and there's a lot of incredible organizations i want to i want to really encourage you to give to something right before the end of the year if you're listening and if you're hearing this this is your sign that you should give a little charity we also accept um donations we're a 501c3 organization and our organization spreads the message of israel to you and to people around the world and we do it with pride and we try to do it with uh, pure hearts and the best of intentions and with love for you and for the land of Israel and for the Torah of Israel and for the God of Israel. 
Um, and if you if you so choose to uh, participate and to promote and to support what we do, then we'll just be so incredibly grateful. But if it's something else, one of the other good teams out there, then that's great. We're all just part of the the team of God trying to accomplish good things in this world. Amen, Maka. Thank you very much, uh, Maka Fleischer, for being with us here. And thanks to all the good folks to make it happen. And yeah, that's it. Let, let, let this rain that's coming this week be a rain. Uh, of both uh, watering the ground, but and, and but also cleansing the earth and cleansing our souls a little bit, a mikvah, uh, if you will, uh, for the Jewish people and therefore for the soul of the world, because that's what the Jewish people are. Um, and we'll be back right after this uh, with a little bit, just a little bit, a few minutes of, of parsha. Um, so stay tuned for that. And Maka, God bless you, and and thank you for 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 bearing your the struggle. And the miracle of Israel at the same time. That's yeah, what the well, that's about. what we're all that's what we're all trying to do together. All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Flesher Show. Uh, thank you, Maka, for joining me. And next up is my short talk with Nachum Siegel about the Hebron Fund campaign, but more about the trouble that we're having with the borders that have been erected between American Jews and the land of Israel, between lovers of Israel, non-Jews, and, and the land of Israel. And so uh, it's, there's some real pathos and pain here expressed uh, about this uh, issue of our time. So it's a short interview. Stick with me. And right after that, also short, uh, my Dvar Torah and explanation for the Torah portion for the week. The international spokesperson for the Hebron Jewish community is our amazing friend, Yishai Fleischer. He is with us live via telephone. Yishai, shalom, shalom. A pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Shalom Nachum from rainy Judea. Wow. Who would have yeah. thunk it, huh? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and it's uh, it's beautiful dark clouds over the fields of uh, where, where Root and Boaz met, and uh, it's, just, it's just getting me inspired, and uh, the rain has the come in, and we're out there to help, uh, we're, we're out there to ask people to help us make it rain uh, for Hebron to keep it strong and beautiful. Yishai, um... Do your best to help repair the um, the the tear or the slight break in the collective Jewish heart in the diaspora. How do you uh, how do you go about repairing this feeling that is now uh, unfortunately um, uh, an epidemic? Huh? Ironic enough, and I'll use that word uh, in diaspora jury of how disconnected we feel with the Holy Land. This gap, this terrible gap uh, that we feel over the last 22 months, this separation that, frankly, I believe is starting to exhibit some long COVID effects. We worry about long COVID and people who've had COVID, like, will they have, you know, breathing problems for God forbid, you know, quite a while or whatever the case may be. I think the Jewish world might suffer, God forbid, from long COVID after this separation from the Holy Land. What are you going to do in the next few minutes to help repair this, Ishai? Well, first thing is is that I, I want to kind of uh, strengthen your your claim and, and actually give you a historical source for it. Just a few days ago in the Dafyomi in Gemara Megillah, we learned one of the reasons for celebrating Tubav, which is Jewish, you know, the, the holiday of love, right. uh, Tubav. One of the reasons is that Yeravam ben Navat established these borders, these checkpoints that stopped Jews from going to Jerusalem. And only 300 years later, under King Yoshiao, did these borders come down. 
and they celebrated that 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 uh, the end of that separation by making Tubav one of that. That's the day they celebrate it. So you're absolutely right that the separation is so painful for us, and it's exactly the opposite of the consciousness of Achdut. And we have enough separating us with this giant ocean. And now to be able to, now to be blocked instead of the great amount of airplanes, I think I calculated that just from the New York area, there's 11 airplanes a day to the Holy Land. Um, um, and now, you know, with this shutdown, so you're, you're totally right. But, but the good news is that you're crying about it. I Meaning to say, the good news is that in the groups that I see, people are brokenhearted about it and they're talking about it. And uh, I hope that when this, uh, when these borders come down, uh, then there's going to be a mad rush towards, uh, towards reconnecting with Eretz Israel, and we're doing our best to create, me and my friends, and I see all my various friends are doing our best to create videos and, and do everything we can to, to keep people, you know, spiritually connected. Um, and what can I tell you? It's a crazy time, but it'll pass. That's all there is to it. It'll pass. And in the meantime, we have to make sure that our children, that's what I worry about. I, I don't worry about, you know, you, you know, Nachum, because I, I know that you've got the pictures in the house and you've got the wine from, from you, or whatever it is, and there's ways to, to, to plug in. But I worry about the children who, instead of having a bar mitzvah at the Kotel and in Maratha Machpelah in Hebron, uh, they're having it, uh, you know, in, in Disney World or something. And, oh, yeah. and they're missing that essential, essential moment of connectivity. Trust me. Yeah, we're going to have to. And for some families in this country, that is the only method of connectivity, is those family trips and these gap years and these uh, summer programs. And uh, God knows how many lone soldiers I've met in Israel who come from families who had zero connection to our tradition and heritage other than visits to israel and i wonder about them i wonder about those families yeah. that don't have that tool anymore uh yishai fleisch is with us international spokesperson for the chevron jewish community before we talk about the chevron campaign um did you feel it when you were here you've traveled in the united states recently did you feel that you were hanging out with people that were longing for the holy land Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And people say things, and people there's a lot of upsetness. But I was down at the IAC, the Israel America Coalition conference down in in Miami, and it was like a ton of Israelis, and we were just having a, a great old time of like of like being with one another. With if you can't have Israel, at least you can have Israeliness. <laughs> and so and so we had we had fun there in that in that uh, venue. By the way, non Jews as well. Not I, non Jews are crying. I literally bumped into uh, a lady helping me from American Airlines at the uh, at the checkout ca- at the check-in counter, and she said to me, "I've yearned all my life to go to Israel. I'm only working in this airline because I wanted to fly with it to Israel, uh, and now I can't go." She started tearing up, and I wow. took out one of the uh, coins that we made in Hebron, an Avram Avinu coin that uh, Rabbi Dan Rosenstein spearheaded, and, and I helped design a beautiful coin about Avram Avinu. We made two Avram Avinu and Sari Meno, and I took out one of these coins. I have a gold one, a silver one, and a bronze one, you know, and, and they're for, for donors. People want to be... Uh, uh, Supporters. Uh, what, what's it called? Honor, honor, honorable citizens right. of Hebron. Um, and I gave her a bronze one. I just gave it to her, and I said to her, if you can't come to the land of Israel, the land of Israel has come to you. I said to her, Father Abraham sends you his blessings. Here he is. And she was just, oh, my God, she was like a bucket of tears. <laughs> she was just, she, she couldn't believe it. And I, and I thought that as a shlichut from Hebron, you know, from, from there, I, I, I had to give her something to make her feel like, you know, her dream isn't shattered. And I, I tell you, I tell you, Nachum, with all seriousness, I sometimes think that we don't understand what we mean to people. 
We don't have a, we're, we're too in our little worlds to understand what Israel, the word Israel, the word Jerusalem, the word Hebron, the word Abraham means to people. We just, we just do not value it enough to, to the way, the way other people see us. I, I've, I've seen that over and over again. So just like Am Israel is, is divided right now, so too are non-Jews that, that love Israel honestly because they love the Tanakh. Um, and I urge all of them, of course, to, to come to the root of it all, which is the, the forefathers and mothers that are, that are buried in Hebron and also lived in Hebron and are waiting for you to come pay homage to them, pray with them, connected to, to their path. What can I tell you, Nachem? It's, it's a funny time, but uh, here we are talking. That means that somehow we are connected, and we're not going to we'll, – we'll get through it. We'll get through it just like we got through the war years and other tough years. We'll get through this as well. Bezrat Hashem. Yishai Fleischer is with us. The campaign is on hebronfund.org slash match. hebronfund.org slash match. Continue to help the Hebron Fund get to their goal of $1 million. Every dollar you give is, in fact, matched. hebronfund.org. Slash match. Yishai, why is a strong Jewish community of Hebron, and the more we support the Hebron Fund, the more ability they have to keep the community strong, why is a strong community of Hebron important for the safety, security, and future of the Jewish people in Israel and around the world? You know, Nachum, uh, our, our, our forefathers and mothers purchased property in the land of Israel in Shechem, where the tomb of Joseph is, at the Temple Mount, and Abraham made the first purchase for the Jewish people in Hebron. These are spiritual, as well as economic, as well as geographical pillars. These places hold up our grip on the land of Israel. And if we, God forbid, relinquish them, we start to relinquish the whole thing. And, and Hebron is a pillar, a historical pillar, a narrative pillar, uh, a religious pillar, a purchase, a legal pillar, and and the Jewish community of Hebron are really the knights of the Machpelah. They are the protectors uh, of this of this promise, of this initial pillar, of this initial connectivity uh, of Abraham to the land of Israel, of Abraham fulfilling the promise of God to to own the land of Israel, to control the land of Israel, and so the forces against us are quite aware of that. They know it intrinsically, that if they, could just, if they could just uproot us from this root, they will be able to take over the rest. And you see that. That's why they, that's why they always have the, the Chevron and the crosshairs. And recently, the New York Times teamed up with the European-funded Breaking the Silence, and they showed this movie, and it was full of lies and gaps and everything else in the world, every piece of propaganda I, I I, I would love to give them a prize called the Goebbels Prize, okay, because it was such a work of, of, of Goebbels propaganda. Uh, but the focus was on Hebron, because the enemies know. And, and Rav Soloveitchik and, and others always told us, if you want to know what to focus on, look at what the enemies of Israel are focused on and fight back against that. So the enemies of Israel want to approve us from Hebron, and, and folks listening today have to know that they can be part of it. And, in fact... It goes back to your first question, which is, how do we overcome the borders? We overcome the borders by being part of it, by taking whatever steps we can. I really urge everybody today to jump in, 
get out of your seat and, and, and say to, to, to yourself, go to sleep tonight saying, I helped build Hebron. I helped secure the Jewish people's rights in Hebron. I helped the movement of, of Jewish rights in Judea today. I was part of that. And even though there are borders and I can't go and policies are crazy or they're not crazy, whatever they are, I know what I did today. I was part of strengthening this thing. And I could go to sleep tonight and I could go to sleep at the end of my life knowing that I'm on the right, on the right side of history, on the right team. And, and, and that's the opportunity of today. So we just, we have to take it every single day. Nachum, take the opportunity that God gives us and push the, push the plan forward. Take the opportunity, everybody. Yishai Fleischer and I encourage everyone listening right now and those who are listening to others who are listening right now, because we know the ripple effect of all this. As the word gets out that we've been highlighting this campaign, there are going to be people who become ambassadors and remind others to give to Chevron. We encourage everybody to be part of this campaign. And uh, go to hebronfund.org slash match. hebronfund.org slash match. Every dollar is doubled. They're over 331000 already. They're on their way to $1 million. And um, they're going to attain this in the next eight and a half hours with our help. Um, hebronfund.org slash match. hebronfund.org slash match. Yishai, I look forward to reuniting with you in the holy city of Hebron very, very soon. That's right. We want broadcasting. We want Nachum's voice coming out from the Holy Land soon. And Hashem, uh, there's nothing that's going to stop it, Nachum. It's, it's uh, Ham Yisrael Chai, no matter what, through thick and thin. Somehow, Kodesh Baruch has got a plan, uh, and and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it the best we can. And everybody's help today is absolutely needed to get to that mark, so that we can continue to be strong through this period. Yeah, needed and much appreciated. Todaraba, my friend. Yishai Fleischer, international spokesperson for the Holy City of Hebron on this very special Wednesday morning at JM in the AM. And you're still listening to the Yishai Fleischer Show, which is sponsored by the Israel Bible. It's an amazing edition of the Bible that you know and love, uh, the, the Jewish Bible. Uh, it doesn't have that other stuff, that edition, but God bless, you know, God bless all the good people of faith. Uh, we have uh, uh, the, the original, authentic, classic Tanakh, uh, but the the Israel Bible, not just the Israel Bible as in a, uh, but a proper name, the Israel Bible, uh, is edited by my friend and colleague and also mentor, Rabbi Tuli Weiss. And he stuck into the Israel Bible. Not only does it come with beautiful Koran font in Hebrew, not only does it have an excellent translation into English, but it's got commentary about the relevancy of the Tanakh to the land of Israel or the land of Israel to the Tanakh and how that touches us today. So this is an absolute must in your home, in your life, The Israel Bible, found at theisraelbible.com. And I'm so proud that the Yishai Fleischer Show is sponsored by The Israel Bible. Now, here is my Torah portion segment, uh, not very long, but a few important points, uh, and you'll see how I'm going to read right through the section uh, of the beginning of the Torah portion of Vaera in the book of Exodus. And uh, stick with me, and then we'll finish up the show. So great to have you with me uh, here on the Ishai Fleischer Show. Here we go. All right, folks, we're back here on the Ishai Fleischer Show. Just a few more minutes of uh, of getting into the Torah portion. And this Torah portion is Va'era. It is the second uh, Torah portion in the book of Shemot, in the book of Exodus. And it's really when we start learning about something that's very famous in, in world consciousness, and that is the plagues, the plagues. Uh, but before we get to the plagues, there's actually a fascinating beginning, and that's why I'm a big fan of the Torah portion of Vaera, just because the beginning itself is, um, it, it really gives you an amazing uh, overview of Jewish history and, and where it's all going. God kind of says it. He, he just says it all to you. 
God spoke to Moses, said to him, I am the Tetragrammaton, I am the four-letter name of God, which is the name of God. I revealed myself to Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov in this name called El Shaddai, which is the name, one of the names of God. It's usually the name of fertility. And it's not the name of like giant redemption. Uh, it's the name of like a fertility and and uh, uh, and the growth of the people from nothing into something, and that's the name that I revealed myself. Now that's a very tricky phrase because we actually see, and he says, and he, and he keeps going, and he says, "Vishmi Hashem lo nodatilem," but the the tetragrammaton, the four letter name, I did not reveal myself to them. Uh, yet, yet there are many, many, many verses where the name of God Yudkevavke appears. Uh, in the conversations between God and the forefathers. But what he means is, I think, I, uh, uh, I think that the one way to understand it is that uh, what, what the meaning of is, the meaning of it is that God didn't reveal himself in the name of redemption because it wasn't a time of redemption yet. It was a time of initializing the Jewish people. That's the book of Genesis. But the big like revelation, I did not sh- I, I, I told them, but I didn't show them, right? And I didn't show them the full path of what it looks like, what redemption looks like. And then he starts going into what I call the 10 languages, the 10 sentences uh, of the redemptive process. V'gam hakimoti, that's number one. Et briti, I also will raise up, I, 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 I have raised up, I will raise up uh, the covenant itam, with them, to give them the land of Canaan, the um, land of their sojourns, which they lived in. That's the second language. I heard, I heard the, um, the call out, the cry of the Jewish people, because the Egyptians are enslaving them, and I remembered my covenant. Therefore, you should tell the children of Israel, I am God. I'm going to take you out from the hardships of Egypt. Our languages of redemption. I, I, I saved you. I will save you from their, from their enslavement. Number five. And I redeemed you. And I shall redeem you. Uh, with an outstretched arm and with uh, and with great wonders or, or great judgments I'll take you so means I took you yes I took you to be for me a nation and I shall be for you a God so that's that's six and seven um now this ve'yadatem, I'll finish the sentence and I'll explain. Ve'yadatem, k'eni Hashem elokechem, that I am Hashem your God, ha'motzi otchem mitachat zivlot mitzayim. You'll know that I am Hashem your God, who takes you out from the uh, bondage of Egypt. Period. But the important thing, the point, point, the important point here is the ve'yadatem is the one thing that we're supposed to do in this whole long uh, godly monologue. The one thing that we're responsible for. He's responsible for ten things. And we're responsible for one thing. The one thing we're responsible for is v'yadatem. You got to know it. That's all you're asked to do. You're asked to know it. That's what the Jewish people have to know. We have to be a, a, a knower of God and a witness because because ladat it has the the two letter shorish of da, which is no. But the if you flip those letters around, those two letters, that it has the word ed, which is be a witness. 
That's the only thing I ask you to do is to know it and be a witness of it. So you will know that I took you out from the bondages of Egypt. Veheveti. Number eight. Veheveti etchem el haaretz. Asher nasati. Number nine. I will bring you to the, to the land which I raised up my hand. Nasati et yadi. Latetota. To give it to Abraham. To Isaac. Latetota l'avram. Litzchak uliyakov. To Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Venatati. And I'll give it to you as an eternal inheritance. Morasha is a word that appears twice, once about the Torah and once about the land of Israel. This is not the biggest clue of them all. The word eternal inheritance has the word morasha in it. And the rabbis say, don't read it morasha, but rather meorasa, which means engaged, betrothed. Okay? And so... One thing is that, you know, we are betrothed to God through the land of Israel and through the Torah. But another way to understand it, which I like, is that, is that the Torah and the land of Israel are betrothed to one another. They're, part, they're, they're flip sides of the same coin. They're the same thing. The Torah is kept in the land. The, uh, the uh, land is not itself without Torah. Uh, the Torah is not itself without the land. The Torah reminds you of the land. Uh, the land reminds you of the Torah. They are they are husband and wife. They are together, and the thing that that bonds them is the Jewish people. The Torah without people is meaningless. The land without people is meaningless. It's the Jewish people that are this glue between the Torah and the uh, and the land. I know that's a, that's an that's an unusual way of looking at it, right? That the that the real bond is between Torah and the land of Israel, and that the bond er. The bond, the bond maker is is the Jewish people. But think about that. The magic word here is morasha, and and there's a lot of schools and a lot of camps named morasha, which means eternal inheritance, inheritance that you can never you can never give away. And the languages here are ten. There are ten acts of God, and all He asks us is for one thing, which is uh, to to know it. That's all you have to do. And if you want to translate that into modern language, the modern way of saying know it is own it. All you got to do is own it, baby. You just got to own it. You just got to own it. You got to own it that the, the, the God of Israel uh, has, you know, has a bond with the Jewish people, with the forefathers and mothers, and the land, and the Torah. And it's a lot of stuff to own, but, but we got to own it, especially in light of the last half of the show, which was really not simple. Uh, but indeed, um, um, we, we, you know, we, there's a lot of stuff that we mess up, and we don't own it in that way. It's interesting that God really wanted to make a Jewish people coalesce around around one vision, which is the vision of God, and yet He made a very cantankerous people—people people who are not naturally uh, made to—they're not naturally uh, the kind that that coalesce into one way of thinking. We are very um, argumentative and cantankerous lot. And so that's, I guess that's part of the miracle, right? Which is like, if you get these people to look from their vantage point onto God and, and share that vantage point and the difference in that vantage point, but still unite over one thing, that's an incredible miracle. I just want to make one, uh, one uh, last point here for today's show. And that is uh, verse, chapter, chapter um, 6. And seven, because it's chapter it's the last word, the last phrase in chapter six, verse thirty, and chapter seven, verse one. God sends Moshe Rabbeinu to Pharaoh, and he says, uh, Moshe, Hashem, Arel 
Hanani arats for time. I have uncircumcised lips. Vechi shmaylai paro. And I understand this language. Some people, some people think that 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 Moses stuttered, but the Rambam says that there's no way that you could believe that Moses stuttered. And I myself don't believe that. What he says is, I'm not a diplomat. I'm a straight talker. I do not have, I do not have, chiseled or or cut or 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 you know well manicured uh, lips. My 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 mouth speaks harshness and a truth, and that's because Moses is actually a truth teller. He tells the truth, the unvarnished truth, the harsh truth. That's that's what he's like. He's actually judgmental, and and judgment and truth is his is his is his characteristic trait. And he says, "How can I go to a court where the whole thing is that this court is is and I, I'm th- I'm talking about a political uh, uh, a palace court where like proper speech and etiquette that's what it's all about." So God says to him. I'll make you like a god unto Pharaoh. And Aaron will be your prophet. Which is really another way of saying Aaron will be the diplomat. He will speak for you. He will he will do it and he will he, he will deliver the message in a way that's 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 hearable, that's heard. And Aaron, his uh, characteristic trait is one of, of of kindness and of people skills. He's the he's the people person, right? If there was ever an archetypal people person, it's Aaron. And so Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Cohen, he uh, will be your deputy, but he'll also be your prophet, your diplomat to Pharaoh and also to the people of Israel. Now, when does this? Uh, formula stop working when they're separated. When when Moses goes up to God to receive the Torah at Sinai, he's there for 40 days. That means that his truth characteristic is separated from the chesed characteristic of Aaron. The, 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 the truth skills are separated from the people skills. And what happens? The people demand something that that only kindness can agree to, but truth will not be able to withstand. And and they say we see that you know Moses he doesn't want to come down to us he's stuck up there in the heavens with God he's out there with truth but we're real people we got real problems and Aaron bends Aaron bends to their whims because he's a people person because he's about kindness he needed something to balance him off which is truth which is justice uh, and and Moses needed something to balance his truth and justice with 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 a way to deliver to the people which is Aaron but when they're separated when those two forces are separated. That's when you get the golden calf. That's when the people go awry, and then the Torah comes down to her earth, and it is gets shattered because it cannot coexist with such a diluted uh, form of existence and so uh, and such a debased existence. That's what I meant to say. So, so there you go. That is the, the this tension. And when when do things go right? Is when when Chesed ve'emet nivgashu when when kindness and truth have met, as it says in the Psalms. Uh, then the world could coexist. Then the truth of Torah can find its way to the people. The people's problems can find its way to God. And, and, and there's a symbiosis between those two things. But when they're separated, when there's only truth by itself and justice by, and, and, and kindness by itself, that, that causes a wreckage in the world. We have to always find a way to harmonize the truth and the, the love, the, the truth and the diplomacy. Those things need to be harmonized for the world to exist.
All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show. I want to thank you, Chavit Seidman, Ben Bresky, Moshe Herman, Tabitha, and Lou for helping create the show. I want to urge you to please visit us at ishaifleischer.com and also at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai. We also have wonderful... Uh, Wonderful sponsors for the show, including JewishPress.com, which put out our show every single week. Check out their excellent email, HebronFund.org. Before the end of the year, please give them a donation. HebronFund.org makes the keeps the Jewish community of Hebron strong, as it's been strong for the last 3,500 years, HebronFund.org. Uh, and also, uh, Prohibition Pickle. Prohibition Pickle do a great job at making your Shabbos holy and tasty and remind you of that, those good tastes of the Beit HaMikdash uh, by giving us Ashkenazi treats uh, with, the, with the spice of the Middle East. Uh, so Prohibition Pickle, check them out on Instagram and uh, Facebook. And also they did a great job at helping cater our little weekend last week uh, at the Ari and Jeremy Farm. And Ari and Jeremy's Farm reminds me, of course, of the Land of Israel Network, uh, which has many great shows. And I also want to mention one more, uh, one more sponsor of the show, and that's Energy CX. They help businesses meet their energy needs and sustainability goals in the U.S. and all of the 50 states. So if you're a synagogue, a school, a business, a retail, an industrial, if you flip on a light switch, they can help you. The good folks at Energy CX can help you with new form of kosher energy. So the energy is going to be, is going to be from God, but you're not going to also treat it with a kosher way. Whether you simply want to pay a lower electric and gas bill or use less energy through conservation methods, so these folks really know what they're doing, and they're holy, and they sponsor the show. Not every not every energy company is going to sponsor the show. So if they do, that means that there's a, there's a love there. Check out energycx.com and tell them that Yishai sent you and get a, a beautiful 18% discount rate. That's a lot. Uh, so they do great work. And, and, and thank you out there for being strong. Let's get through it together. I want to hear from you. Give me a little chizuk, baby. You got to write to me with a little chizuk. And here's the hashtag for the week, chizuk. C-H-I-Z-U-K or misspell it which is fine Chizuk let's give each other a little Chizuk out there uh, a little strengthening God bless you folks wherever, wherever you are lots of love and lots of blessings from the land of blessings no matter what the eyes of God are upon this land and we're shining it onto you God bless you wherever you are and Shalom My name is Jeremy Gimpel, and I live here in the mountains of Judea. And in these unprecedented times, I wanted to offer you a gift from the land of Israel. We've been here at the cutting edge of the Jewish return to the land of Israel. We've come to the place where King David first assembled his men and where he wrote most of the book of Psalms. We are quite literally transforming this desert mountain area into a Garden of Eden-like oasis. Watching prophecy manifest into reality, we felt called to reach out to the nations, to teach them lessons from the Bible in the original Hebrew, unlocking insights and understandings that you can only get if you read the text in its original language and from a Judean perspective. I hope to see you at the Land of Israel Fellowship. Shalom.